Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Yeah, this is the remix. Come on now. Hello, good morning, tell me what the lick read. Pretty face, thin waist with the sick weed. First time fish telling in the six feet. Real bad boy, tell him come and get me. I'm at the fight, betting kind of like Bellman. Only took a trip to the truck twice. Unpacked the Mac 11 and Air Maxis. Stuff six figures in my damn Air Mattress. Uh, I'm in love with large bills. I'm down with a fat ass, then wasting tall heels. Yeah, it's the tough long dawn. Honey, carrots in the trunk, trying to give it back to Sean. Minute. Now I'm back with the jump balls. Goons in the club, case something jump off. Back up for the hive, let the pump off. In the graveyard is where you get dumped off. All we wanna do is party. Yeah. Buy everybody at the bar party. Black Barbie dressed in Bacardi. I'm trying to leave in somebody's Ferrari. Spread love, that's what a real mob do. Keep it gangster, look out for the people. I'm the wicked bitch of these. You better keep the peace. Or out come the peace. The best, still is room for improvement. Our presence is felt like a black people movement. 7K 
Let's go, VIP, boo, raise the skirt. Holla back, youngin'. Go ahead, baby. Holla back. Go ahead, baby. Holla back, youngin'. Go ahead, baby. Holla back. Go ahead, baby. Holla back, youngin'. Go ahead, baby. Holla back. Go ahead, baby. Holla back, youngin'. Go ahead, baby. Holla back. Go ahead, baby. Folks, welcome to your Tuesday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy Ryan, and uh, listen, I, it's it's two in the morning in Los Angeles. I just got back in from Chicago after a wild two days with my best friend from high school, and it was much needed. And if you listen to Monday's episode, <laughs> you listen to Monday's episode, yeah, yeah, there that was tipsy, Ryan. I haven't done that in a while. And then I did a 30-minute Patreon where I was extremely tippy, tipsy, but somebody uh, on the Facebook group, the So Bad It's Good Facebook group, said that they were proud of me because I did not slur at all. And I think that's always that's always <laughs> the highest compliment you can get, really. So um, I hope you guys have had a, uh, a gentle reentry to your week. Man, it, 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 uh, my flight got kept getting delayed, so I was at the airport uh, waiting for this United flight. Like I was there for like four hours and it's just miserable. Oh my God. But what a, what a great weekend. And it's always good to, I've been really lucky in the last month and a half to catch up with a couple of like friends from different periods of my life. And it's been really nice to kind of check in and see where they're all at and where they, you guys have done that too. Like, it's really nice. And I have to remind myself to do that more. I just wish I could space it out more because it seems insane. Because <laughs> I'm going back to Arizona now too. go be with my family, which reminds me, I said it on yesterday's show, join the Patreon. We're doing a Patreon ugly holiday Christmas sweater party this Saturday at like 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we're going to get nuts. And Bill and Becky Bailey are going to be there. I'm going to be – I think I have to be there. Maritza's going to be there. We're all going to be there. So make sure you sign up for the Patreon because I'm going to try to like – I'm going to try to do some nutty things. I mean the whole this whole thing is nutty. This whole podcast is nutty. Uh, if you do like the nutty podcast that I do, please rate it five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That would be a great holiday gift to me along with the Patreon. Um, but uh, it's weird. We were God, I just keep thinking about that a year has passed almost. Um, and, of course, you always think about um, the year when you hear – you know, this is such, and I hate to start the show this way. By the way, we have an amazing show. We have one of my old friends from acting class, uh, who's also a writer, a director. She's so multi talented, but she's also a lawyer. Her name is Trisha Lafosh, and she uh, reached out to me a while ago because she said, "Hey." I grew up with my best friend since the third grade. Her name's Anne Marie Spina. And she actually served time in a federal penitentiary, Danbury. Now, this could be one of the prisons that Jen Shaw goes to. So we have today this fascinating conversation with me, Trisha, and Anne Marie. And she tell like Trisha comes from it from a legal perspective of what 
Jen is doing the trial postponement. I mean, or I mean, not the trial, but the uh, January sex sixth sen- sentencing hearing. They got moved from December fifteenth. We go more into that, but then Amory blows me away with the information th- that she provides about what it's like to be in prison. And she seems like, I mean, she's, this seems, this was a while ago. She served two years. She seems like an amazing lady, but she really, I mean, I got to ask every stupid question I've ever wondered about prison. And you guys, this is incredible. She even just, she started, she started a company called FedFace. Lock down your skincare regimen. It's called Fed Face because of like the federal penitentiary, and it was it's a an actual product you guys used of all natural ingredients. I hate to be laughing because I know this is serious, but like it's all natural ingredients that they would make skincare regimes in prison. And she started this company called Fed Face. I'll link it on the um the show description. But I was like, what? But she was telling me how like. I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. Remember, I have timestamps if you want to skip right ahead because I'm going to do some pop culture stories first. But it blew me away. You know, they would throw birthday parties for each other. Um, They would lay out, you know, the COs, the correctional officers could either be your best friend or your worst enemy, depending on the day. Um, She talked about like the first day in there of hearing the uh, the bars slam of when you actually have to report to prison. Because remember, Jen Shaw will get sentenced on January 6th, but then we do not know what her reporting date will be. Now, the Chrisleys, Todd and Julie Chrisley from Reality show fame as well they're reporting a couple months after they just got sentenced so i thought this was just such a great conversation to have that will answer a lot of our questions but also it's just so i'm gonna have uh both of them back on after the uh sentencing hearing because i have eight billion more questions now uh wondering about prison and just our legal system and how fascinating it all is anyways but back to what I was saying about catching up with friends and stuff is, uh, well, first off, uh, you end up just drinking way too much when you're catching up with uh, longtime friends. I said it on yesterday's show, and I'm going to say it again. They have this shot in Chicago called Malort, and it's made of wormwood, and it's just the most disgusting thing I've ever had. And I don't think I ever want to have it again in my life. So I'm just warning you guys against a thing called Malort. So just write that down. Nobody asked for that for Christmas. It's not worth it. I'm telling you it's not worth it. Uh, I'm so glad I'm back to my sobriety right now. Um, Okay, so this week also... We're going to get into the passing of Kirstie Alley that just happened this evening, and I want to mention a couple things about that. But I also wanted to mention something that might make you laugh because it really made me laugh, was I had never seen – I think I mentioned this yesterday too, but who knows? was a little tipsy. Um, I had never seen Home Alone 2, Lost in New York which is a great holiday film. I don't know if you guys are like doing that, like where you're, you know, my buddy Dusty, he's Jewish and he plays holiday music nonstop. He has his Christmas tree up. Like it actually kind of got me in the holiday spirit. But the first day I was there, we watched Home Alone. And then the next day we watched Home Alone 2. And 
I don't know why I just decided, I don't know if I thought I was too big for my britches. Like, why didn't I see Home Alone 2, you guys? I liked Home Alone. Why was I so judgmental? I'm trying to even remember why I was so judgmental about not seeing Home Alone 2. Was I like, fuck this Kevin McAllister kid? If this kid's going to get lost again, that's his business. I don't want to watch it. Um, and also, those parents should be brought up on charges. Uh, I do want to give you good news. I think Annabelle DeSisto and I will be recapping uh, Home Alone um, ver- uh, fairly soon for a holiday edition to continue on on our walk down movie lane where we have recapped some of the most insane movies over the last three years. And I think we're going to attempt to do home alone and that should be great because I've always thought Annabelle DeSisto really reminds me of a uh, very strong Joe Pesci vibes. But anyways, this home alone too, they have this bird lady in there. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? The bird lady in the park and she's all scary. She's kind of like, she represents like what the old man represented in the first film, but it's like the bird lady and all that. And then the bird lady turns out to be like nice and it's like sad and he gets these like two turtle doves because he donates $20 I'm telling you guys the plot line of a movie you've just saw you've seen probably plenty of times I saw it one time and it's really just stuck with me all weekend (laughs) so he goes to this toy store and Kevin McAllister has $20 that he earned from like chores and he donates it and so the guy was like hey why don't hey, why don't you go over to that tree and pick out an ornament just, you know for, for being so kind with your chore money and he uh picks the turtle doves two turtle doves and he's like you give this to somebody else and you'll have one turtle dove and they'll have the other and that's a sign of friendship and he gives the turtle dove to the bird lady. Now, my buddy said this, and I, listen, I'd never seen Home Alone. Like, it's weird. I think of myself sometimes as the king of pop culture. It's kind of like how Michael Jackson, back in the day, he nominated himself the king of pop. I always bring that up. People like, Michael Jackson and his PR team are the ones that called him the king of pop first. Nobody nominated him as that. That's not like a real official title. He did that. So I'm nominating myself king of pop culture. But then on moments like this with Home Alone 2, I just feel so disappointed in myself because I'm like, where the fuck were you on this one, dude? Because then my buddy goes, that bird lady, I heard, if you look at him, it looks exactly like Piers Morgan. Now, Piers Morgan is this British jerk-off. I'm sorry. Like, he's fine sometimes. He's been on, like, America's Got, America's Got Talent. He took over for Larry King when Larry King retired on CNN. But he's mainly, you know, a British like a British news persona that uh, is always writing horrible pieces in the Daily Mail. And he hates Meghan Markle. Hates Meghan Markle. Always up Meghan Markle's ass. And listen, I don't know much about the royals. Like, I've talked with Lex Nico about this, who's about to do a podcast on the royals, uh, which I'm excited to listen to because I've gotten more into the royals. But the hatred or the extreme hatred or the extreme love of Meghan Markle fascinates me because it never seems like it's in between. It's either one or the other of this of this lady. But uh, I guess the new Netflix documentary premieres on Thursday of Meghan and Harry of their life. And they did a preview. They just showed the first preview this weekend. And, you know, listen, I'm a sucker for any documentary. But I guess this this Piers Morgan, who's badmouthed Meghan Markle if, for the entirety since she's gotten involved with Harry, he's like, oh, I, I hear my 
my voice. They've used clips of my voice in this documentary and it disgusts me. It's I'm traumatized. It's very much how like Lisa Renault was like, you say can't, you know, it's, it's all, you can't say bad things about me. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to do my Lisa Renault imitation. But, um, so he put out like this for like how, how traumatized he is to be a part of this documentary. And he had to say something, you know, like Lisa Rinna said, if I didn't say something, it would give me cancer. It would give me cancer. I still can't believe she said that this season. Can you? Um, so he says this. And then I just remember my buddy calling the bird lady. And I had four hours in this United airport at in Chicago waiting for my flight. So then I started like looking around at pictures and I it, go to my Instagram right now, you guys. It's in, uh, it'll still be in my stories, but I also posted it on my main feed. The fucking dude, Piers Morgan, looks exactly like the bird lady from Home Alone 2. It's uncanny. And so I was like, holy shit, look at, why is, I go, in my head, I was like, why has nobody been talking about this? This deserves to be talked about. <laughs> And I guess it has been talked about, you guys. There is, this is from 2020. This is great. This is like 2020. I'm trying to find, okay. This is December 9th, 2020. Which, what is it? The 6th? What what date are we at? I don't, anyways, so this is two years ago. This is a page six article. Piers Morgan insists he's not the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2. <laughs> and by the way, no offense to the pigeon lady because she seems awesome and like a really nice lady. And I sure it's just awful to be ever compared to Piers Morgan. You know what I'm saying? But um, I just wanted to share that with you because it made me laugh so much. Just go look at the pictures, and I swear to God, you guys will laugh so hard. And we need that sometimes. Um, okay, so in sadder news, though, we got the unexpected news that Kirstie Alley passed away at the very, very young age of 71 years old. And that is way too young. Uh, and she had a, a, she died after a private cancer battle. Her family announced on Monday, quote, we are sad to inform you that our incredible, fierce, and loving mother has passed away after a battle with cancer only recently discovered. She was surrounded by her closest family and fought with great strength, leaving us with a certainty of her never-ending joy of living and whatever adventures lie ahead. As iconic as she was on screen, she was an even more amazing mother and grandmother. We are grateful to the incredible team of doctors and nurses at the Moffitt Cancer Center for their care. Um... Her two children wrote in the statement, our mother's zest and passion for life, her children, grandchildren, and her many animals, not to mention her internal joy of creating, were unparalleled and leave us inspired to live life to the fullest as just as she did. Uh, it's still unclear what type of cancer um, Kirstie Alley had. Uh, but listen, I mean, uh, by the way, can we just make, Medita, we got to make a shirt. We, we, we got to make a so bad it's good fuck cancer shirt because fuck cancer, man. Fuck cancer. What a fucking asshole cancer is. Like, honestly. It's like we all have to deal with it. We all are personally affected by cancer. Whether it be with ourselves or in our own journeys or our family's journeys or our friends' journeys. Like, just, we, none of us escape cancer. So fuck you, cancer. 
So bad it's good, says fuck you, cancer. This month and every month. Um, but listen, Kirstie Alley, she was one of those pop culture figures because, uh, you know, listen, I knew her in the 80s when I was a little kid. And we knew Kirstie Alley as a little kid from the movie Look Who's Talking. And that was, you guys, for you young young kids out there, was a movie with John Travolta and Kirstie Alley and a baby. And the the baby's voice was voiced by none other than Bruce Willis. So it was always like, you know, John Travolta was like, look who's talking. How's this baby talking? Wop, bop, loop, bop. Sandy, what's going on? How's this baby talking? Like, you know, but it was really cute and really funny. And when you're like fucking seven or eight years old, when I saw it, I thought it was the funniest fucking thing. Why am I cussing so much today? I thought it was the funniest thing in the whole wide world. A baby talking. Just great. But Kirstie Alley and John Travolta had a great chemistry as well. Also, I was too young to appreciate it at the time, but then I've gone back and rewatched. Uh, there was a TV show called Cheers with Ted Danson and just had the most amazing cast. Shelley Long was on the first season as Sam's love interest, and then she left, I believe, after the first season, and Kirstie Alley replaced her and was on it, nominated, and won Emmys for her role in the sitcom Cheers, which you can find on Netflix, and I'm telling you guys, it still holds up. James Burroughs directed most of the episodes of Cheers, as he also directed a lot of the episodes of Friends, just an iconic television director that just knew comedy. But Cheers is on a different level, and Kirstie Alley was so flipping funny. Also, their nerd in me loved, she was also in, uh, I believe it was Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, I was a Trekkie as a kid. I don't think that'll sh- surprise anybody. Um, but there's been so many beautiful, um, you know, people, you know, celebrities talking about Kirstie this evening uh, from Kelsey Grammer, who was also on Cheers. Play, you know, then he went on to play Frasier, the same character he played in Cheers. Um, and they they've all been leaving really, really nice things. Uh, Ted Danson said her ability to play a woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown was both moving and hysterically funny. She made me laugh 30 years ago when she shot that scene, and she made me laugh today just as hard. As I got off the plane, I heard that Kirstie had died. I am so sad and so grateful for all the times she made me laugh. I send my love to her children. As they well know, their mother had a heart of gold. I will miss her. Kelsey Grammer added, I always believed grief for a public figure is a private matter, but I will say I loved her. And I thought this, you know, there's always beautiful tributes um, to these people. Uh, John Travolta was another one. And man, I'm, dude, I got to say, like, John Travolta, I didn't worry about the dude so much. Like, he has had so much loss recently. I mean, just of even of his his co-stars. Olivia Newton-John just passed away a couple of months ago. And he loved her, but he also loved Kirstie Alley. He loved Kirstie Alley very much, and they had a very special relationship uh, from everything that I've read. And even just their on-screen chemistry was so great if you go back and watch that. But also, John Travolta's had such personal tragedy in his own life. His wife uh, passed away a couple of years ago as well as his son. I believe his son's name was Jet. But uh, I just wanted to read you what he wrote. He wrote, Kirsty was one of the most special relationships I've ever had. I love you, Kirsty. I know we will see each other again. Now, the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail is all over this thing. They have like eight Kirsty Alley stories. Um, 
But uh, the one fact I didn't know is that Kirstie Alley and John Travolta almost ran away together after the filming of <laughs> the filming of Look Who's Talking and its two sequels. They had almost a love affair. And Kirstie also revealed at one point she also considered having an affair with Patrick Swayze at one point. And I don't really know what that means, considered. Like, I consider having affairs with Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't think it's ever going to happen, you know? Um, but Allie always called John Travolta the greatest love of her life, which I always thought was, uh, you know, what a beautiful quote. Uh, Kirstie Alley never remarried after divorcing second husband Parker Stevenson in 1997. Parker Stevenson also was an actor. Now, here's the tricky part that I wanted to bring up, too, and I want to do this in the most respectful way ever. But it's also just a curiosity of mine. And we've talked about Scientology on here before. And Kirstie Alley was a uh, um, a... Uh, you know, believed in Scientology very much. That was her religion, uh, as well as John Travolta. And uh, they have very specific ways in how they handle illness. So my curiosity in the coming weeks to see, you know, it says they, they, they think Moffat Cancer Center, so hopefully she was getting treatment. But sometimes Scientology is one of those things that, you know, I mean, John Travolta in interviews will talk about how he's laid hands on people and he can heal them because he's at a certain level in his religion. Tom Cruise has said the same thing. Now, uh, listen, I uh, grew up wanting to be John Travolta. Like, dude, him in Greece, I posted a picture of me doing a high school music version of Greece. I thought John Travolta was the coolest. Kind of like, what? Sandy, wa-ba-ba-loo-ba, Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter. I just, I used to be able to do a good John Travolta imitation, not anymore, I guess. But I just wonder, um, you know, in the final days of Kirstie, how her religion played a part in everything. And uh, and I hopefully she got the best treatment ever. And I also was talking to my friend, uh, Marissa texted me the news about this. And she's always giving me these pop culture stories and giving me notes, and it's really awesome. Uh, really big thanks. But it's always that we, we, we talk about this a lot on this show, right? Is that we are in a day and age where there is so much pop culture and there's so many different forms of entertainment from YouTube to TikTok to Instagram, uh, let alone TV, film, music, everything that we, you know, us older set grew up with. And now there's even so much more than that. And that's why it's kind of hard because we have so many memories, so many beautiful memories based around all of these moments that these people, these celebrities, these actors and musicians gave us that we just cherish so much because, like I say, these things are the soundtracks to our lives. You know, you'll always remember that Kirstie Alley made you laugh and look who's talking. You'll always remember these things about them. And that's great because we those things last forever, right? Because then I was thinking about my uncle, uh, Dale, who I think about a lot. And uh, I've talked about him a lot. He died of uh, brain cancer about seven years ago. And he left me his book of like uh, all the – he had done every hike in California. And he left me his book of hikes. And so that's why I started uh, hiking was to try to do hikes that my Uncle Dale had done. And I have all of his handwritten notes, how he felt about each one, all of that kind of thing. And I was like, you know, like that's a that's a way to keep him alive in our memories, and that's a way to keep, you know. And I, I've been thinking, uh, we've all been thinking about death so much, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And I was just thinking, man, it's so wild though with pop culture is that we now look up to so many people in terms of entertainment, 
that these things just seem to happen on a daily, if not weekly basis, where there's another person where you're like, no, not them. Like, remember Olivia Newton-John? We were just like, no, not her. And just think about it. Eventually, we're going to be like that with our favorite Vanderbump Rules characters. Hopefully, that's 30 or 40 years from now. And by the way, it's going to be so bad, it's good season 83. And I'm going to be like, rest in peace, Peter. We wish you had had more plot lines. You know, like, I mean, but that's what you think, because... You genuinely get so many good things out of these things that we love that like actually bring joy to our lives because our lives can be so sad and so hard. We know how hard life is. So it's hard when we lose these people and we want to celebrate and honor them. You know, I'm I'm going to go back and watch Look Who's Talking probably in the next week. And and that's always with us. But anyways, I wanted to to, to honor Kirstie Alley. And, and I will also say one of the funnier, because Kirstie Alley was also kind of kooky and she had a very weird sense of humor. And uh, in later years, it got even weirder. And then I, I'm, I hate to say it, I was blocked by Kirstie Alley on Twitter a long time ago. And it was because... <laughs> Dude, okay, when Stephen Hawking, you know, Stephen Hawking, the guy who, you know, discovered like secrets of the universe and he was in the motorized chair at I talk, I talk like this. I'm Stephen Hawking. But he was like one of the most brilliant men ever. Um, what was it? Uh, the book he wrote, A Brief History of the Universe. But when he passed away, Kirstie Alley tweeted, this is no joke, tweeted a picture of Stephen Hawking and said, you had a good go at it, dot, dot, dot. Thanks for your input. Like, what does that even mean? You had a good go of it. Thanks for your input. Did that mean like, thanks for your input on like the secrets of the universe? Like, what did that, what does that even mean, Kirsty? And so I wrote, of course, you know, rest in peace, Kirsty Alley. You had a go, you had a good go at it. Thanks for your input and for the Look Who's Talking movies, which I did cherish as a kid. But uh, that was just one of those weird pop culture moments that I wanted to bring up that I immediately thought of when she passed away. Because I was like, how bizarre was that? Like that she tweeted that out. But uh, overall, what an amazing actress. There are certain people that have a gift for comedy and Kirstie Alley definitely Definitely had that in spades. Believe me, you know, she is where Jennifer Coolidge, like she to me, I mean, obviously in her day was more successful quicker than Jennifer Coolidge. But if Kirstie Alley was still acting today, I would put her in that kind of Jennifer Coolidge camp of just being able to make anything funny. Um, uh, I did just get, like I said, get home from Chicago and I did not get to watch White Lotus. And the first thing I did when I got back was fire up White Lotus to watch last night's episode. And you guys, me and Sophie talked about it on Monday's episode. Uh, next week's the season finale. This is a season finale and I'm not ready. I'm not ready to let go. I, it, that hour passed so fast. I love that show so much. Isn't it great when we love things? Isn't it so much better than hating things? But I truly, truly love White Lotus. And I am very, uh, very, very excited slash sad uh, that it's going to end next week. Uh, a couple other news stories. Britney Spears deactivates her Instagram for the sixth time, the third time in the past four months after fans have questioned whether the singer is in control of her account. Now, this is weird because 
Questions were raised when Spears posted it about her estranged sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, sharing a sweet message to her sister, though she's long been estranged from Jamie, and many believe a coded message to be an unnamed celebrity was aimed at Jamie, with some speculating that the sweet message was actually sent by someone on her team and not Spears herself. So this happened in the last week, and then she just deactivated her account. But it you know, really sent up a lot of flare signals when all of a sudden Britney said something nice about Jamie Lynn after like the last year and a half where Jamie Lynn wrote a book, uh, kind of like did a press tour based around her sister in a lot of ways. So I don't know, man. I, I think one of life's greatest mysteries, first off, probably the life's greatest mystery is, you know, where do we come from? What's God like? All that thing. The second greatest mystery Britney Spears' Instagram, hands down. And by the way, by the end of our lives, maybe that'll be the first mystery. Maybe we'll figure out God and all that stuff by by the time. Maybe Britney Spears will be the number one mystery of all time, her Instagram accounts. Uh, I I just don't know. Uh, It it just... Anyways, uh, a couple other things. And remember, we got a great week of shows. Uh, I've got some celebrity guests coming on to Wednesday's episode. We're going to do a Salt Lake recap of this past week's episode to get you ready for Wednesday night Salt Lake. And I really did like this past week's Salt Lake. And here's the deal, you guys. I watched Southern Hospitality, the second episode on the plane on United tonight. And I got to tell you, you guys might think I'm crazy. I think I kind of like it. It's Leva's Bar Republic. It's kind of like a ripoff of Vanderpump Rules. But I think we should give it a chance. And there's like part of me that almost wants to do a recap of it. I don't know if I should do it here or on the Patreon, if you guys would be interested in that. But there was a lot of things that I was like, oh, I could really, I could really there were some things that I was like, oh, this is really making me laugh. Like, I think I've got, this has some play in it. And I still haven't fucking recapped Potomac. I got to, is there a mastermind out there that can like help me like just go, you know what? You should just do one episode where you do a 30 minute recap of Potomac, a 30 minute recap of Family Karma. But when I do these recaps, they end up being two plus hours long because I do every line. In the new year, I've got to figure out a way to do better. Like even, I mean, listen, no, 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 I'm not bagging on myself. The recaps I do are amazing. I just want to be able to do every show. And it's like, it's, it's super hard to do that. I haven't even been able to do winter house recaps. I mean, dude, and they, and they literally brought up squirting and you don't think I want to do a full recap about squirting. Of course I want to do that. Oh man, Austin, I, I just, Austin's got you guys all fooled. I'll talk to Austin one day. I'll, I'll let him, I'll let him know, but He's got y'all fooled. Um, a couple. <laughs> hey, we're only 36 minutes in, you guys. Remember, timestamps. Uh, let me read you a couple of other things um, before we get into um, our guest today. Kiki Palmer, you guys. I forgot to say this on Monday's episode. Having a baby, and she revealed it when she was hosting SNL. And we're pretty sure, thank God, I don't think Pete Davidson is the 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 father, hopefully, since he seems to get every girl out there. But congratulations to Kiki Palmer, the actress. She did, exposed her baby bump on SNL in the opening, and it was really cool. Remember when Beyonce did that at that award show performance? Was it the Grammys? And she revealed the baby bump at the last minute, and everybody was like, damn! You're amazing. Um, let's see here. Oh, there's a rumor that Danielle from uh, Summerhouse and Robert are rumored to have split. Um, 
That sucks. Uh, This is from Bravo and Cocktails. Not sure if this has been made common knowledge, but I heard from a reliable source that this couple from a seasonal Bravo show had broken up. He's from my hometown. Fans probably noticed they haven't been posting each other. He went to Europe without her, and they didn't spend Thanksgiving together. So that possibly is Danielle and Robert. Uh, Let me go to Danielle's Instagram account right now because we follow each other. I always get scared to go to Bravo Liberty's Instagram account because you never want to be like, oh, nope, they unfollowed me. Because sometimes that happens and it makes you feel really bad. Heather Gay, I'm talking to you. Nope. Okay, she still follows me. Anyways, I hope, Danielle, I thought they were such a cute couple. I hope they're okay. Um, Gosh, there's so many things. I thought this was, we talked about Taylor Swift on Monday, but I wanted to bring this up as well. They are doing this Atlantic City chocolate shop called Bar 32. They're giving away Taylor Swift tour tickets with a Willy Wonka-type golden tickle ticket-style contest. So they made 3,000 chocolate bars to sell at $10 each with a number inside. And on Christmas Day, they will draw the winner of the two tickets. Like, that, this is kind of a genius idea. And do you guys remember Willy Wonka? That What, a, what an amazing movie. Oh, God. Um... What's his name? Gene, uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Gene, uh, Gene Wilder, of course. He brilliant Willy Wonka. But remember, like, you know, Charlie's whole family had to sleep in that one bed and then they got the golden ticket and he brought his grandfather. Uh, I want the same kind of energy with the Taylor Swift contest. I just want a whole, whole family in one bed spreading around just this one chocolate bar t- one chocolate bar ticket. Um, also, man, more news. Um, you guys, these ABC news anchors, they didn't get to go back and anchor the news because remember they're both cheating on their uh their their husband and their wives. And then you know, ever all of us found out last week, and they still kept going on the ABC morning news show and being like, Hey, how's the weather today? It's great. Well, it turns out ABC was like, Yo, at the last minute, you're not coming on today, and they have a replacement. So who knows if they'll be back? But you know, man, they must have been like it must have been the worst slash best week of their lives because if they're really into each other, they're like, yeah, now the world knows. But it's going to also be the worst week of their lives, too, because they genuinely hurt two people that they were married to. That's f- And it's fucking public. That is so brutal. And then it turns out this anchor, TJ Holmes, allegedly cheated with several women at ABC, including a producer, this girl named Natasha Singh. Uh, years ago. So he had a history of actually having these affairs. I don't know. Do we want them back? I think they should be back. I kind of want to see the sexual tension now. I don't even watch morning news. And I'm like, I would totally tune in to watch sexual tension of news anchors. That's just where I'm at personally in life, you know? (laughs) Um, Okay, there's going to be so many other pop culture stories we're going to talk about all week. Remember, you guys, share this podcast with a friend. If you like it, share it. Pass on the good word. I'll always try to do pop culture stories even away from Bravo and reality shows just because that's what I actually love. But this will also be a reality show podcast as well. Um, 
tomorrow, like I said, it's a Salt Lake thing. And I also want to give a review of Kristen Doty from Vanderpump Rules. She has a new podcast and also uh, wanted to tell you guys or talk to you guys uh, about some stuff Katie Maloney from Vanderpump Rules said on Nick Vile's podcast. So very so tune in for that. That's going to be amazing. Plus the Salt Lake. Then I have a celebrity guest um as well this week and then i think i'm gonna do a special episode on friday i don't know it's just we have so much opportunity but like i said join the patreon for more thank you so much for all of your support and i'm telling you this interview uh gets like it gets better and better and better stick with this interview i don't even think it starts um slow it's just that the information that is proceeded to give like 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in, 40 minutes in is just some of the most, I hate to say entertaining when it's something so serious as prison, but it truly fascinated me. And I think you guys, this will be so up your alley. And I don't mean prisons up your alley, but I just mean, I think you're going to genuinely appreciate it. So here is our guest today. Uh, like I said, Trisha, uh, Trisha LaFosh is an actor, writer, lawyer. She does it all. Plus, I have just I, I used to be in acting class with Trisha, one of the best damn actors. Dude, Trisha, if you're listening to this, remember when we did that one scene? Was it the Neil LeBute scene that we killed it at? It was the two people in the car. The guy and the girl. Remember that? We did. We were like, oh, my God. There's so many good memories of acting class sometimes or trying to be an actor as well as a plethora of horrific, horrific memories of being an actor. And Trisha could probably tell you a lot about those about me as well. I should have her on just to talk shit about me at some point. But Trisha LaFosh is here with us, and she's going to answer all our questions from a legal perspective. But her best friend since third grade, Anne-Marie Spina, is on with us today. And she is just incredible. This cracked me up. I had the best time. The sound can be a little iffy just because three of us are on Zoom. So try to get past that. It's not that, you know, big of a deal. But also check out her product that she made in prison called FedFace. Dude, the slogan, like I said, is lock down your skincare reg- regimen. Lock down. Like, that's genius. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, and I'll I'll put an ad up in the Instagram as well just to thank her for doing this interview. But I just think this is amazing, especially because it gives us so much context on what Jen Shaw is going to potentially have to face. So here we go, guys. Your interview, and I will talk to you bright and early on one Wednesday. Have the best Tuesday of, of your life. And here we go. Uh, as you just heard the intro, here they are. Ladies, please let us know who you are and what you do and what your history is. Hi, Ryan. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so you know me. Um, I'm Trisha LaFach. I am a writer, actor, lawyer, producer, director. And wait, wait, wait. Are you a are you a an actor that plays a lawyer as an actor or are you am, actually, actually a lawyer? I am a lawyer who plays an ah. actor as a lawyer as an actor, which I will be coming back to the show in March for uh, <laughs> my show that's coming out on Amazon Freebie. But we have so much to talk about today that we'll we'll put a pin on that one, which you're going to yes. love. It actually has a reality element to it. So it does hook in with your show. But um. I, uh, you know, you and I have a long history. I've been on the show before, had a great time. And why we're here is because I approached you with interviewing one of my very best friends in the whole world. We met in third grade. 
And here we are, 25 years old. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> grade, and we've been best friends ever since. I was the maid of honor in her wedding. We've been through it from front to back, head to toe. And um, several years ago, she got a little jammed up and ended up in uh, the Federal Correctional Institution at Danbury for a little time, a period of time. So, um, wait, wait, Dan, Danbury, the Correctional Institution, uh, which is, guys, if that name sounds familiar, that is supposedly a place where somebody like Jen Shaw might be sentenced to go. Is that correct? Yes, yes. that's correct. Okay, so so uh, Anne Marie, that's your name, correct? Yes, that's my name. Hi. I love that. I love that Trisha, she got jammed up a couple of years ago. So you're able to provide us maybe with a little bit of perspective of what Jen Shaw, who you guys know, we've been talking about for the last couple of years on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City might be dealing with. And just to catch up everybody to speed. Now, Trisha is able to speak from a lawyer perspective. Amory, what do you do now? Um, I'm a wife, a mother of three and a cosmetologist. Okay, so you already are working harder than me and Trisha combined, obviously. <laughs> I mean, that's that sounds way way too much. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is fascinating for me from Trisha's perspective, from a law perspective, but also what we are to expect or what Jen is to expect. Um, Jen Shaw, you guys, has been convicted of financial crimes. And from my understanding, she is at the top of a pyramid right now where it seems like everybody has testified against her. So she had to change her plea where she was saying not guilty. She was about to go to trial. I was uh, having a conversation. Trisha was on her honeymoon, you guys, calling from overseas. It was the worst connection ever. And she was trying to explain to me and to us what was happening happening of the change of plea because all of a sudden they were about to go to trial and they changed her plea to guilty after she's been screaming from the top of her lungs she's innocent this is a a jam up job they're trying to take her down and then she changes her plea and we're going to get into that in a second but i just want to catch everybody up to speed was that december 15th was supposed to be her sentencing and they just moved it now to january 6th now amory before we get to you about what we're going to expect at january 6th Trisha, to you, why, like, can we just keep changing these sentencing dates until the end of the world? Like, does she just never get sentenced? Amory knows this being a federal defendant in the system, not on the motion of the defense. So from my understanding, and if I'm wrong, I'm sure your listeners who are seem to be right on it will correct me. But from my understanding, the motions are on the motion of the government to postpone Jen's sentencing. And because we know all of the paperwork has been filed, that is why my suspicion is if my suspicion is right now that Jen is cooperating with the government in order to get a better sentence, because the government does not offer postponements to be kind. You can say, what about the argument that the holidays are coming up? But just because yeah. Jen gets, let's say she was sentenced on the 15th, there may not be a bed available at Danbury. And they, they could always say, do the sentencing and have her self-surrender in April, self-surrender in February. So the holidays aren't really the situation because not it's not uncommon for a defendant to not immediately be remanded to the custody of the Federal Bureau yeah, there's a well, it's not it's not a naughty or nice situation of like we no. you've been nice this year, no. Jen. We're gonna no, wait till no, after the holidays. And, like, and 
by the virtue of now listen will the will the will the judge accept one adjournment on the defense's bequest sure will they accept four absolutely not so if the government is the one making the motion for the adjournment it tells me that she is cooperating with the government, that she is telling them. <laughs> Finally. Wow. Right. It only took a couple of years. Wait, Amory, I just caught what Trisha said. You said you were a defendant, right? Is that is that what did I catch that correctly? Yes. I had 13 other co-defendants in my case. And I, too, was out on pre-trial before I got sentenced. They allowed me to stay out for 18 months because my case was still going on. People were going to trial, not going to trial. And I got sentenced um, two days after Christmas. I had to self-surrender. They let me stay out for Christmas for my my daughters because their father was in. So we were in the case together. Which, was, so, by the way, was very much like Teresa Giudici and Joe Giudici from Real Housewives of New Jersey. If if yes. you, got, you guys listening know about that, uh, the, the father was in first and then he came out and then, or no, Teresa went in first and then Joe went in and afterwards. So that's what you're saying. What happened in your case was that the father was in first. He went in. I was out. Then I went in. So the two of us were in together. I was in for two years. He was in for seven. So but I did come home first and I did go in after him. Amory, can I just uh, I mean, I don't know if this is too personal for you, but like when you're dealing with that kind of system, what are the thoughts going through your head? Is there uh, an acceptance? Is there just straight up fear? Like, you know, that 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 two days after Christmas, like what is going through your head the week of your sentencing? What are those emotions going through your head? Complete stress. How did I get myself into this predicament? How yeah. am I going to get myself out? For the first time of my life, I'm not going to get out of it. My mom and dad can't save me. I'm screwed. Wow. So it's basically like do or die. You have like this mindset that just kicks in and that's it. You have no choice. You have to do it. There's no getting out of it. It is what it is. At that point, but before that, did you think there's a way I'm getting out of this? Like before you, I mean, you were like, I'm because Jen Shaw right now, like, you know, the, the, we all, I'm always trying to think of the psychology behind this is that she really thought that she was going to be able to buy, like, like to pay for the right lawyers to get herself out of it. And I'm assuming Trisha could probably fill us in with what happened at the last minute where she realized I'm not getting out of this. I'm not getting a deal. I better you know, plead guilty. Two things it's, I want to back you guys up on. Annie, you said you you went in two days after Christmas, but you were sentenced in what, early November? I was sentenced, I think, I think so. I don't really remember, but I think I knew I was getting the time. They just allowed me to stay out until after Christmas. So yes. that's what I was saying. Gotcha, why gotcha, December gotcha. 15th, it's very common because they don't know if they have a bed. It's very common to get your sentence and then be remanded if you're not already in custody. You well, know, didn't right. you say, and didn't you say this was on the prosecution side, not the defense side, yeah. which is why, I mean, the prosecution seemed like they had all their ducks in a row with Jen at this point. Why are they postponing? Don't you? I because mean, I don't she, understand I mean, why the they would. The only reason they would do that is because she's participating. If she okay. agreed to, because if they're having what's called proper sessions, right, you have to earn your, um, your keep, right? So basically- if she goes in there, if she's cooperating with them and she continues to perpetrate the fraud on them, which you know she will try to do, at least for a while, they have to wear her down to where she starts telling the truth. Well, that's just the bare minimum. Once she does that, she then has to tell them something that they don't know. 
in order to get more points taken off her sentence. And because their investigation has been going on for so long, the chances of her having information that they don't know are slim to none. But in order for her to, to get that letter that, that tells the judge that she's cooperated enough, that she's provided effective assistance, it's gotta be more than it's, they, she has to tell them where the bodies are. You know what I mean? There's, there's no way, anything that they already- But have, everybody's already turned against her and made her the body. You know, like what body else is she gonna give them? They're like, always willing to play ball in case there's something else. But the thing is, and, and, and you know, in her factual basis for her plea agreement, the factual basis says 55 and older, it says 10 more, 10 people or more. Those, when you do a sentencing memorandum from the prosecution standpoint, 55 and over adds a certain amount of points. I was telling you this. Wait, in, wait, wait, are you talking about the age 55 or yes, the, the amount of, okay, okay. Because so. And, we, and we're all on the phone. We're all 25. We all agree in this right now. Yeah, the three yeah, of us. Exactly. We're it. 25. So we don't have to worry about 55. So we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. We would not be considered her victims. No. Yes. Um, so no, because the federal sentencing guidelines, again, Amory knows this, base offense level for fraud is probably about six. We're like for narcotics, it's probably a 17 or something like that, right? Once you get your base offense level, the numbers go up and up. Okay. So her base offense level is six. Her six years, six years. Six, number six. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Six. Sorry. Her criminal history category is one because she has no prior felony. That's the same situation Anne-Marie was in. Her Most of her co-defendants were not in that situation. So they were in a criminal history category of two because they had a prior felony. So Jen right. doesn't have a prior felony. So she's in a criminal history category of one. The numbers go up and up. So they add points to for the fact that she agreed that it's the people that were targeted were 55 years and older. So let's say that's four more points. She agreed that there were 10 or more people that she supervised in this. So that say that's four more points. Oh so God. now you're up to like 15 points. So, so we're the, trying to get to Uno here. We're trying right, to, I mean. Exactly. <laughs> like so the government's job is to keep driving up those points because those points are how you get the sentencing range, which is what you already know. The the 30 years, the range that she's in, right? The, the, the range. Is, accept responsibility. Right. They will take points off. Right. If that's responsible. So that's three points. So when she pleads guilty, she gets three points off. I believe she pled guilty when she pled guilty. Now is my favorite part of the show where I get to talk about our sponsor. And this week, our sponsor, we have a new sponsor. And that is our new friends at Rocket Money. Now, I've got to tell you guys, you guys have known how much trouble I've been having with my phone lately because uh, I have no space left on it. I have way too many apps. And then when I start looking at these apps, I realize, oh my God, how many things am I subscribed to that I have never even, I don't even use I'm paying for subscriptions that I don't even use. And this, this company is here at the perfect time for me individually. I'm like, oh my God, I read, the, I read the ad and I looked at the company. I was like, this is directly for me. I am their target customer. 
Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe for you, it's like an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets uh, streamed. Dude, I was like subscribed to all these independent film apps during the pandemic because I was trying to be like, like Criterion Channel and all this stuff. I had no idea I was still paying for them because I just don't pay attention like I should. But so there is this great app that I am now using that is helping me track all of my expenses. And because of it, I'm going to no longer waste money on subscriptions I don't ever use. So you might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money. It was formerly known as Truebill, but now it's called Rocket Money. So do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual cost is actually closer to $200. So you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. So there's this app that I started using this week and it has actually helped me. This is so sad. It's helped me clear up space on my phone and it's also helped me save over $100. And it's called Rocket Money formerly known as Truebill. So the app shows all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't even know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. Guess who's been double charged for a subscription? This guy, uh, to cancel a subscription, all you have to do on the app is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com. So that's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash so bad. Seriously, you could save hundreds of dollars per year. So that's rocketmoney.com slash so bad. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash so bad. I'm telling you, this is actually so flippin' useful. Go check it out for yourself. Just type in rocketmoney.com forward slash so bad. Check it out for yourself. But I'm telling you, I'm using it and it did already save me money. So I know this is actually a good service. Okay. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Back to the show. Okay, so basically what we were just talking about was adding up the points yeah. and trying, you know, the sentencing guidelines yeah. Yeah. of all of that stuff. And that's what, uh, do, do you prefer Annie or Anne-Marie? Um, Anne, Anna, Anne-Marie, whatever. What was your prison name? What was your, what did you have a, what was your, did, I mean. <laughs> they called me Italia. They called you what? Italia. Italia nationality or something of that nature. Yeah. So they called me Italia. So I'm assuming yours and you don't have to get into this was a a financial crime potentially as well. No, it was not far from it. Okay. I I didn't know if Danbury was a place (laughs) where they sent mainly financial uh, people that have committed financial crimes. No, Danbury was um, actually, it was pretty, pretty gangster. Danbury was pretty crazy. There were people there from, um, God slaps on the wrist to molestation, to murder, to trafficking drugs, like all over the world. Like I thought I was like big shit when I was in there. (laughs) You go and you meet all these people from all over the world whose crimes are so much more intense than yours or serious or crazy. You're like, God, I'm a nobody. With 30,000 kilos and this and that. And I I felt like a little peanut in there after (laughs) I. Learned what was really going on, you know. <laughs> um, uh, thank you for sharing. I mean, this really is such an interesting perspective. But I, uh, to go back to the actual trial, so we do know okay, so the prosecution requested the move to January 6th, yeah. yeah and then that's why I was walking you through the numbers because where, where, like, what's in the papers of the guideline range, right? Like up to 30 years is based on her plea agreement, and that's what I was saying to you when we talked before. was I believe she pled guilty probably around the last minute. And Amory will tell you this is true. There's a point where they say to you, hey, listen, we're close enough to trial that if you want those three points off for acceptance of responsibility and they can give you two or they can give you three or they can give you one, you got to plea now or we've prepared so much. You're not getting those three months. Those three points, forgive me. You're getting those three points. So you have to plea now because if we get any further down the road and you do take a plea, you're not getting those three points. Okay, boom. So she takes the plea and then she's going to get those three points. But that was the week of, like that was the week of. They had already planned to go to, I mean, like Annie, is that correct? Is that what you did? Is They, they said, hey, we're going to do that point thing. Is that what they did with you? Um, well, they did and I did accept responsibility, but um. I more or less would not cooperate. So they kind of that pissed them off. So I think that's more of a reason why I ended up going away. I wouldn't cooperate and I um, got a conspiracy charge. Oh, wow. So they added another charge to it then? Um, it was basically just the conspiracy charge that okay. I had. But um, when you cooperate or this or that, they obviously will, you know, be a more, little bit more lenient on you. But I just couldn't 
offer any information. I had nothing to offer. Trisha, did you give her advice uh, on all of this uh, going through her process? Because you were in, you know, you are a lawyer. You are involved in this system. We're like my lawyer. They were my lawyers for my case. Of course they were. (laughs) My lawyer. By yes. the way, this Trisha, this needs to be the TV show you write. I remember <laughs> reading that one pilot where you were the lawyer We've pilot. We've been saying this for years, but yes, I was her lawyer. No, she didn't follow all of my advice. <laughs> yes, she could have gotten off with no. But and the punchline is, of her thirteen co-defendants, Anne Marie, how many of them went to trial? I don't think any of them. I had none would be the answer. Okay, and yeah. um, how many of them cooperated? probably about half of them or most. Yeah, exactly. So she wouldn't cooperate. And, uh, you know, hey guys, we're, we're laughing about this, but don't worry. I do know this is very serious. No, is. I do know nobody wants, but I like, by the way, we're, we're, we're making, this is a, this is a, you know, this is a, a joke show sometimes, but we were talking, we try to keep this light, but this is actually really good information because it gives us a peek behind the curtain of what really is happening right now. And it's, it's just like Hollywood in a way of all of these behind the scenes of yeah. what's going on and casting a show or something oh. like that. It's like, I don't understand, you know, a lot of us don't understand the Bravo audiences of why did this lady scream innocence for so long? And then at the very last minute, then changes her, you know, plea. And she still has to let us know that on TV because we're in a season of Salt Lake now where she is still screaming innocence. Are you allowed to, this is my big question. If she, she changed her plea to guilty She's going to get sentenced. Is she allowed to then say, guys, I pled guilty, but I'm really innocent, actually, and I just had to do this for my family? Or would that affect her overall sentence? Can they resentence her if she tries to act like it was like a scam job by the government? In my experience, nothing will ever be done on motion of the judge. So if it's settled and then the show airs, the judge would never reopen up the case. Okay. The people that would reopen up the case would be the government. The government would have an, an issue with her saying, I pled guilty because there is a no contest plea. Like, for example, if you watch the staircase, right? Uh, Michael, what's his name? He, yeah, he, he well, he did the Alfred plea, right? Alfred plea. Yeah, Alfred plea. Where you say, I'm not pleading because I'm actually guilty. I'm pleading because I acknowledge if I went to trial, that the state, because that's not a federal case, that the state could prove its case against me. She and you can't she, sue the state. You can't sue the state. Yeah. Right. And and she didn't take that plea. She took a, and a federal plea is very scary. You could ask Amory about this. Like when you take a federal plea, it, it I'm, I'm almost shocked that anybody doesn't go like, oh, F this, I'm out of here. So, I mean, they're like, <laughs> this is final and you can't appeal anything. And like, you're nailed to the cross. I mean, they are no joke. Wait, Trisha, were you in the courtroom when she got sentenced? I was not because I was here in California. It was her right da- when I moved. My her dad was, was though. Okay. Yeah, my dad was with her. Wow, Trisha. Um, wow, Trisha wouldn't make the flight for your uh, sentencing. That's interesting. Not for the That's, sentencing. Wow, what a, what a friend. Things. What a friend. Yeah. Uh, no, did, okay. I did go to Danbury, which is one of the reasons why I want you to ask her about some of the so, strange rules. Okay, that this is gonna so so January sixth, which is just uh what what a wild date to sentence anybody on at this point. Um, but she's going to maybe get sentenced unless it gets postponed further. 
Um, and the sentencing on a minimum, from my understanding, is that it's going to be at least 10 years, even with, even with it, whatever she does, at least because the other people that have already turned against her have gotten really pretty harsh sentencing already. Oh, yeah. what, what, what did, is Stewart sentenced? I don't believe we've gotten Stewart's sentence yet, but we do know that he will get, you know, uh, a, a little bit of a better sentence because he did turn against Jen. Wow. Right. Well, for example, like in Amory's case, which was not a white collar case, but some of the guys were facing 30, 20, and they 20. ended up getting seven or eight cooperating. So you, you can, you can get down. And also they were facing mandatory minimums. See, that's another incentive to cooperate, by the way, because there's no mandatory minimums in this case. In, in, in certain cases, there are mandatory minimums, a mandatory minimum of 10 years, a mandatory minimum of where the only way to get below the guideline range is to cooperate and to do a, a good job for the government. In her case, these guideline ranges are suggested. That's why I'm saying that if she's cooperating with the government, she's going to get a lot lower, I think, than people are expecting. I do not think that there's at all a possibility that she will get away with no jail time. And do you remember they sent me, I remember getting a, a letter from the U.S. state attorney or whatever the hell he was. Happy um, holidays, Annie. Yeah. It's us. <laughs> Happy holidays from Danbury. Um, <laughs> no, I got a letter stating that I would be facing five to 40 years and I almost died. Yeah. But I, I if that wasn't like some sort of scare tactic that they do too. I don't know because how could I get five to 40 years? I was never in trouble. So, I mean, I don't really know how they go off their time. I mean, it's so wait, so what was your sentence and what did you end up serving? Did you get time for good behavior knocked off? Like, did you serve the whole sentence? There's no good behavior in federal prison. I don't think, I think you do 85% of your time. That's I two years and I did two years. Well, think 85% I got of that. Everybody does yeah. 85% of their time. So it, they go in months. And so if she got... I'm, I'm going to show what my poor math skills here. 24 months, 85% of it was what, 18 months? 19 yeah. months? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And then you have to go to a halfway house? Did you go to a halfway house? Which makes you feel so less of a citizen, but you have to go to the halfway house. It's just man. The, the halfway house is just that in between of your normal life. They, like it's just checking they, in. They, ease you back into society where we don't need help. We can just go back into society. <laughs> yeah. Like we came from society. We don't yeah. need to ease back into it. Um, right. um, okay. So Jen Shaw gets sentenced, say, and like January 6th. And then we just had, I don't know you guys are aware of this other reality show family, the Chrisleys. Yeah. Um, oh, Todd, I can't believe it. Todd and Julie just got sentenced to 12 years and seven years for financial crimes. And I believe they report in March for their uh, their jail time. And it's wild because I think Julie, Chris Lee, I believe is her name. She's going to be in the same prison as Ghislaine Maxwell, Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos. Um, like I was like, oh, th there's going to be some pretty heavy hitters. Like is Jen Shaw, like, I don't know if this is Dan Barry as well, but they're going to be around this kind of like, I don't know if, I, I don't know if it's the same prison, but it just seems like very interesting that they could all be in there at once. Is, is, where is, um, Elizabeth Maxwell's case? Elizabeth Holmes. That's what I mean. Where's her case? 
Uh, I thought it was New York. I thought it, okay, it was. Then that makes sense. It makes sense if they're all in, if the cases are all in New York, the closest prison is um, Danbury. And, so, and by the way, the, the, uh, the reason why Martha Stewart and, and Piper and Amory and little Kim and all the ladies are all shacked up in, in, in Danbury is because in the federal system, women make up 7% of the, uh, inmates. So there, there really aren't that many prisons. Now, don't get me wrong, detention centers, they have to allow men and women in detention centers. That means pre-sentencing, if you're being held, like Elaine Maxwell, who was not released. Um, although like Elizabeth Holmes, she is released. Obviously, these are the difference between violent crimes and uh, nonviolent crimes. Uh, you, you would be held in the same housing unit pre pre-trial and pre-sentencing than men but once you get sentenced you have you to go, go to a women's prison go ahead, what was that annie no i was saying once you get sentenced you go to your designated prison like she's talking about the detention centers holding before your sentencing once you get sentenced you go to your designated prison that's where you go that's where you stay okay so jen gets sentenced to danbury let's say uh, she, what is, take us through that. Like, do you show up in the morning? Like, what is the intake process? Do you have to like, do you get trained on how to live in a prison? Like, how do you even learn the ropes or is that just something they throw you in and hopefully you figure it out? They throw you in. I, um, I had to self-surrender. I had my friend drive me to Dan Barry and my little Jetta. Probably not Trisha again. She wouldn't fly in for that. No, but I was on the phone with her. Like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> Oh. Wait, Annie, 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 may I ask what your mental, like, were you bawling? Were you, were you like just losing your mind? Like, I, I mean, was, um, were you thinking of running? Like, I, I don't know what I would go through my mind going in. Um, I, I just, I never thought of running because I had kids and I said, I just have to do this and get it over with, but I was a mess. I mean, I was, yeah. and leaving my kids that morning saying goodbye to them, oh, I'm going to cry now, was probably the most the hardest thing I ever had to do was say yeah. bye to them. But I did. I gave them hugs and kisses and I was going to mommy camp to be a ranger because they were like two and four at the time. Oh, and I said, to mommy camp. Oh my God. How <laughs> to be a better mom and yeah. Work and you guys can come see me whenever you want. And got in the car and my friend drove me and I had a couple of drinks and then I <laughs> Drove up to the gate and I walked in the front door and they said, who are you here to visit? And I said, I'm not visiting. I'm here to surrender. <laughs> oh my God. And I started crying and the lady there was Italian and she goes, honey, we're not that bad here. And then walked me around to the gate, said bye to my friend. And it was really um, traumatic when you just walk through that one little gate outside and then you hear clink and the gate closes behind you you're still outside but to hear that noise you're like wow I'm fucking in here now I now you can't get out that's it the gate closed you're in there's nothing you can do game on like that's it and I walked in and, and did you have a, a mentality then of like you already seem like a strong individual just meeting you today did you have like uh, I'm going in with this take no prisoners attitude. Once I said goodbye to my kids, it's game on. Do you have to like have a mentality like that? Um, you kind of pretty much do, but like for me, it just kind of like set in like a survival mode kind of kicks in 
because there's nothing you can do about it. And you just have to accept that and go with it. And when I walked in, they were like, you know, strip this fat earrings, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, um, I thought I was going to the camp. And what's the, what's the, camp? What's camp? So, so camp is another part of Danbury where it's not enclosed with barbed wire. You have more freedom. Um, there's vending machines. It's very, it's more, um, it's more, more free. Yeah. More some of they can drive the van if they're working out. Like it's just like Wait, they get yeah. to drive a van. You get to drive if you're in prison. A van, yeah. They could like do. They had so many more things available. Yeah. To them. So you thought you thought you were going to go into the camp. Why? What made you think that you would get that? The judge said that I was going to get to the camp, and I was <laughs> okay. At least I'm going to a camp. And then the the CO said, "No, honey, your points are too high. You're going behind the wall with the rest of the hardheads." And I'll never <laughs> forget. And that's when I dropped. Like, it's like fuck. Oh my god. And that's when I really was like, "Wow, no." The judge said, and they said, "Well, the judge isn't here." And I was like, oh my, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. So it, like, I mean, sorry to ask so many like you're trivial fine. questions, but like, so you go in, you find this out, like, do, is the first thing, like they take all your pictures and like strip you of your so stuff. My clothes, they took my purse. They let me leave my uh, necklace on because it was a Jesus piece. Um, took my earrings. No, I had nothing. They put it in a box and they, Put it away till you leave. You should have had that Jesus piece kind of be also like a like a little knife. Like the Jesus could have been a little shank if you needed it. Like the cross could have been a sh- no. But like, do they then like introduce you to your celly? Like, do you no. do you go immediately to your cell? You do not go immediately to your cell. They put me in the shoe, which is segregating housing, um, because they had to clear me for gang relation. And I believe. Wait, wait. What is? I'm sorry. What does gang relation mean? Make sure you're not gang related or gang affiliated before they let you in with the general population. Yeah, the and special everybody goes to the special housing unit yeah. for it's like two weeks or something. But if you were gang related, would you be honest about that? I'd be like, no gang. No, but here. they have books. They have books. Okay, 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 okay. But I was not gang related. And I think they knew that, and they that <laughs> I wasn't. Um, and they just put you in the cell in the segregated housing, which. When I got there, I was like, wow, you're in here 24 hours. There's a toilet there. I don't know the bunkie that I'm pissing with. Um, I have to put my hands through a hole to get cuffed and handed a razor to to go to the shower and shave my my legs. And Okay, so I, wait, that, that, that was another stupid question I had. They let you shave your legs and like your pits and stuff like that? Yeah, they you put your arms through the bar. They cuff you. They let you out. They walk you down the tier to the shower. They hand you the razor. You do what you got to do. You hand them the razor when you're done. You dress in the shower and you go back to your cell. And that's what I thought prison was going to consist of. And then I woke up like on the 13th day and they said, Spina, come on, you're out. And I'm thinking, oh my God, where am I going? Like, what is this? Where Finally am I to the camp. It's it's a tr- time to drive the van. I'm going to drive the van. Yeah, I made it to the camp. I stayed behind the wall in the FCI, but they secure the whole compound. It's called the compound, basically. When you're there and um, they secure it when a new inmate comes out or if there's a fight and someone's going in the shoe, but they secure the compound. And I walked out and there was not a soul out there but me. I was like, oh, my God. And a CEO handed me a piece of paper, probably an inch big. And he said, here. And I go, what is this? He said, your address to your new house. And I was like, what the frig? And it said, um, unit three. I said, oh my God, so what, like, what do I do? They were like, go to unit three. Like they tell you nothing. They don't give a shit. 
And I went and I was in unit three and I had a little incident when I was walking in the tear on my first day into the shoe. This one girl said, oh, who's this coming in? Is someone that got in a fight? And they were like, no, it's somebody new. She's a nobody. And I remember saying, well, I'm somebody. And that really helped. <laughs> somebody helped me because when I got to the unit and walked upstairs, there was this big girl named Portia. And she said, hey, I remember you. You came in a few weeks ago and you told that girl that you were somebody. And I was like, yeah. She was like, I got you. I got you. Nobody's going to fuck with you. I was like, oh, God, thank God. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was just relieved. And I guess because if you just kind of speak up for yourself a little bit, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Jen definitely knows how to do. And I was saying, you know, I was watching the show and she definitely is a little more gangster than the rest of them. And she seems to be genuine. You could say, I saw one episode last night and she was like, you're crying over this, this, and that. And I'm fighting for my life. And I'm thinking, yeah, these bitches are fighting over who's cheating on her husband with Blondie over. He had no business even bringing it up. What a messy little shit she was. And poor Jen's got real problems. And I was like, yeah, they need to just pipe it and let Jen vent right now. But I, I think Jen's going to be fine in there. I think she's going to be just fine. I mean, you get used to it. You really do. Like at first you're like, where am I? This is my house. I live here now. This is my house. Okay. Wow. Great. It's my shower, my toilet, my bed, but it just kicks in and you get used to it. Like you're going to be okay. Like she's going to be okay. No matter where, what prison she ends up in, I feel like she's going to be okay. Jen Shaw obviously doesn't have anything to worry about because you were letting us know that you said that one day you stuck up for yourself. So that one girl, Portia, uh, said, I got you, girl, I got you. And I was like, if that's really how prison goes down, then Jen Shaw is going to be fine. She's going to be just fine. She's going to be just fine, yeah. She's going to be, run, she's gonna be running that place, potentially. I swear to God, part of the reason I wanted Amory to come on was so that she could tell you from... Because she didn't watch the show before now. I was like, you got to watch it so you can tell Ryan how you think she's going to do. Because I think Jen Shaw <laughs> is going to be just fine. She's going to thrive. Yeah. She's going to so, thrive. So you go to, you go to unit three and you know, what does your day-to-day consist of at that point? So when I, when you go to unit three, it's called the bus stop where the, the unit I went to the rooms called the bus stop. There was six uh, bunk beds in there. And that's where you go until they find a bed for you. Newcomers come in, they go to a bus stop. When someone gets in trouble and goes to the shoe or leaves to go home, there's a bed available. You get a bed. So I was in the bus stop for, say, two weeks. Um, the bunkie underneath me was in there for murder. Um, the other, everyone else was in there for drugs. One girl was in there for flying drugs in her private plane from Florida to I don't know where. Um, all different walks of life. Then this beautiful- By the way, there's going to be a Netflix series on everybody that she was in Unit 3 with. You should yeah. just have a Netflix documentary series about everybody. Bus stop. Yeah. <laughs> yes, actually. Yes. <laughs> the bus stop. Um, and then like th- this beautiful Russian girl comes in. She was in there for like arranging pre-arranged marriages. She didn't know what the hell was going on. She was a wreck. She thought we were all murderers. Um, we ended up having tea with her by the end of the week. Um, so you basically, you just, you wake up, you kind of figure out what you're doing. You have nothing. Right what now. time do you have to wake up at? Is there a, a, a set time? There is a set time. The, the 
the, the inmates run the prison. Without the inmates, the prison does not function. So whatever your job is, is where you report to in the morning. Um, if you're not there for very long, you get a shitty job. You get paid seven cents an hour, 12 cents an hour, something like that. If you're there for a long time, um, you will work in Unicor. Unicor is where they make the uh, mines, the mines, the little bombs for the, the army. So those girls- Are you actually, shitting me? They make mines in jail? They make, that's where they make a lot of the stuff for the army. The women are trained to make it. It's called Unicor. Yeah. And the women that are down for years get a job in Unicor because it pays the most, you know, they need money. They're going to be there for a long time. And um, yeah, I actually chipped my tooth in there and I'll never, it, I was struck out I, and I say, I go, I'm going to throw it out. I go, no, don't throw it out. Say, but I chipped it on a freaking now and later. And I go, I can't throw the fucking chip out. Oh my God. I just give my tooth. So I had the girls. What did you think you were going to do? Pull it back in? I did. I did. Wait, you can trade. Can you trade a chip of a tooth for something (laughs) in prison? Is it, can you barter with that? Yes. The girls from Unicorn. I knew a lot of them. I was kind of popular in there. My first month, I was very like, well, known. I got along good. They were like, you know, she was, she's the mayor of where we grew up like she could have gone a different road and been the next fucking nancy pelosi trust me <laughs> she and was always bomb. popular i mean we both were but definitely <laughs> but he left fortunately she got out of here but um yeah so i just called my friend from unicor i said listen i need unicor glue i mean if they're holding bombs together can hold my together so i uh she brought me this little thing of glue and i put it on and i stuck it on and it stayed for like a year that's not fair. You're getting you're getting better dental you're getting better dental work than I do. Like that is like insane. Um, it was crazy. It was so crazy. Wait, so your your job was what? I the yard because I was in the yard because I was only there for two years. It was something available. Um, I would get up in the morning and I'm not a morning person. So I was like, that was my biggest fear going there. Like, oh my god, I'm going to be in trouble. I can't get up. What am I going to do? Like that stressed me out more than anything. But you adapt. I went got up in the morning, you make your bed a certain way. And then you report to your job, which I never really had to because the COs in there, some are cool, some aren't, but they were guys. One of them I was really cool with. He liked me. He knew I was like a good kid. Never. I stayed to myself. And uh, he would be like, oh, you're good. You know, you reported, go do whatever. And you could either, you know, um, go back to your, your cell or you could go to uh, recreation, which was a gym. There's a weight room. Um, there's a yard out back with a track, not a real track, a dirt track, but you can run. There's badminton. There's um, in the summertime, we could lay out with our towels. Wait, 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 wait. Slow it, slow it down. Wait a second. You're telling me your job, your CEO was so cool that you could go back to bed or you could go play badminton or something like that yeah, or go lay out? Anyway, this is federal prison. This is not state prison. This is federal but like, were you, were you like all like, would you like, would you lay out? And then if somebody walked by, like that was not your CO, would you get in trouble? Like, why are you laying out here? Yeah. You couldn't lay out like anytime it would be like after four, you could lay out when, when everybody was done working, you know, you could lay out that you couldn't just go and lay out all day and laying out, you're laying in a bunch of grass with goose poop in it. So you're probably <laughs> laying up with green shit all over the back of your, your grays or your khakis. Yeah, so it yeah. wasn't on a beach. It's not, not in bikinis, Ryan. Right, okay, not, that's yeah, yeah. We're in prison, like, prison issued bikinis. I wait, but yard work. I mean, were you like mowing? Like, what was the uh, yard work? Some of the girls would like, um, you know, they mow the lawn, um, sweep. Um, there was horticulture where they would grow things out and back. Um, 
in the winter time, it was brutal. We would, um, my first, yeah, my dad chopping ice. My first week there, I had to chop ice. I did on the top of a mountain and I was chopping the ice. This was my job in yard. And the ice was so thick on the top of that mountain that the thing wouldn't go in and it went sideways. And I slid literally could, couldn't stop. And I ran all the way across the compound. And when I finally stopped myself, this girl from Trinidad, Carlene, she goes, is there any reason why you are running? And I, <laughs> And I looked at her, I'm like, because it's slippery out here and I couldn't stop. And to this day, I talked to her. So yard work just consists of like anything outside. And then, you know, then there's like the paint department where people go in and they paint the whole prison. There's plumbing where if a cell breaks or a toilet or this or that, even in like the, uh, the where the doctors are, their offices in there, anything in the prison that goes wrong with plumbing, the inmates fix. Anything painting, the inmates what are, what are you what are you allowed to like br- like bring is jen allowed to have airpods can she no. can she write emails can she does she have um, an iphone what, what what can you bring in electronics but i think since i left we could get do emails in there you know you write and they write you know you can correspond like that they have to be read before they get to you so you'll send one out and has to get read before they get to the person and it's a very specific time like you can read emails between this time and this time um, I, you can go and email anytime, as long as you're not computer room. It's not like you have a computer yeah. in your room. It's like, you know, okay. in college when they have the computer room. Right. Okay. Cause I, cause I was like, if they fucking have a TV in each one of these rooms, I'm going to kill somebody and go to prison. Like no, I no. like, that's all I want. Like, but you're, yeah. so th- this is a computer room where you can go and do emails. Is this, I mean, I know these are silly questions. Is there a TV? Like, is, do you get to watch TV in there? Who gets to choose what's on the TV? Do you have cable? So there, um, the computer room is in the rack where that is. When you have your time, you go in there, you do your emails, this is that, whatever. Your TVs are in the unit. So every unit has one TV and they have a TV room. So say on like Friday nights, we would be able to stay up until 11 or 12 instead mm-hmm. of like, say, nine. So everybody would go in the TV room, watch TV, you know, whatever the majority ruled is what was on. Um, but we would have like, um, you know, spa night or nail night and just try to keep ourselves busy in there and do what we could. If it were somebody's birthday, like the big thing was like decorating someone's cell. They decorated oh. my unicorns and anything like that is also considered contraband. Yeah. But they also know we have no life. So some of the CEOs are like, all right, hurry up and take the decorations down. And some could be assholes. It all depends. That's why you never really get too comfortable with the COs because they could be your best friend one day and then come in and be having a bad day. And if your skin's showing and your shirt's up this much and they want to be an asshole, they can throw you in the shoe just because they want to and because they can. So it's it's nice to be respectful to them, but never too friendly because they can turn on you at any minute. You said you had a murderer underneath you uh, at one point. Were you ever uh, physically scared over your two years at any point? Never. No, Wanda, she actually was in there for, um, she, somebody did something to her grandchild and she was not. So that happened, but she was so cute and she was very poor and she had nothing. And, you know, she'd be like, Oh, Italia, let me get that lipstick or this. And I would have, I had this pink blush and she was so freaking funny. I gave her the blush and she had it on her face, on her lips, on her eyeshadow. Is eyeshadow. I go, Oh my God, Wanda, keep the freaking blush. 
Oh, Jen, Jen Shaw is going to be big with the blush well, because you're not going to be able to get, she got, she has so much uh, Botox and filler that's going to all disappear over the years. It's going to be gone over the years, hon, but she'll have makeup and <laughs> she can buy some makeup and stuff on commissary. You know what I mean? They, they have commissary. Oh, they have- Okay. Well, yeah. 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 That's, oh, that's what I really wanted to ask too. It was about commissary, like putting money on the books because there's a line in real housewives of Salt Lake city that hasn't been aired yet, but somebody's like, you better be nice to me or I won't, won't put any money on your books. So but- that's where people like me or Trisha, we could put money towards your books where you could buy things with in, in prison. Correct. Yes, you could Western Union it. Now I think they have, uh, they probably have better ways to get it in there now. I was in there years ago, um, but they could, it comes in, it comes on your book. You check your thing, you go in the box. It's a little touch screen. See how much you have in your account. You're allowed to spend like up to $380 a month. Um, Three, $380? Um, yeah. And, um, you know, then you go in, you hand them your list of everything you checked off of what you need. And commissary gives you your stuff. And you get your food, your coffee, your makeup, your um, hair color if you want to buy hair. Well, when I was in there, they stopped us buying hair color. You could only buy hair color if it were the same color as your hair. No more switching because it was changing your identity. They considered it oh, in there. Oh, wow. Do they, they do they overcharge on everything? Is it like the airport? It is not like the airport. <laughs> believe but um, the air, I know the airport's crazy, isn't it? God. <laughs> jealous of you because you always had money on your books they would get mad or that some of them would like be like oh i need this or i need that and i'd be like okay well i need my sneakers cleaned you know what i mean like i need my sneakers fucking oh clean. wow so oh, well i i got on prison tiktok recently i don't know how but like they they have like I don't know how they have access to phones, but like prisoners are doing TikTok and they're showing like how they cook their meals. Like, cause there's like all these different ways and like people will make like wine in their toilets and like all this kind of weird, were you in, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble after the fact, but were, were there parties? Like, did you have like, did you get wild? We had parties. We, we had parties for birthdays on a Friday night. We would all meet in the gym. If like the seals would come in, we'd act like we weren't, we'd all hide our shit or whatever. But I mean, yes, we would make like potato bowls, potato logs. The best cheesecake you'll ever have is made in federal. <laughs> okay. And they, they Watch now, out cheesecake factory. <laughs> the federal cheesecake company. I mean, the, and I never cheesecake until I, government cheese. I don't know. <laughs> and they, they made it with cow cheese. Some had ice cream, Snickers you'd buy on commissary. They'd melt it over the top of the cake. Like, it was great. And then we'd freeze it. We'd get a bucket with ice. We'd sit our cheesecake on the ice and pray the CEO didn't come in and find our bucket of ice sitting overnight. Like, shit like that. You know what I mean? But you really do make the best of it. I mean... We even got our nails done. Jen's going to have her nails done in there. And well, everybody finds like that. The human condition, everybody finds a way they to they their humanity. Yeah. You know what? They really do get each other. Like there are some real assholes in there. You know what I mean? But for the most part, when you're in there, you can't judge. You can't judge a person on their crime. You don't know their life. You don't know what they've been through. You just know that we're all in here. We all did something stupid. And we're all in here together. Nobody's better than anybody when you're in there. You're all pretty much the same. You know what I mean? Three, and um, Well, three more questions for you. And then to, to sum up with Trisha, because I've taken up so much of your time, oh is that 
um, this is just truly fa- fascinating, uh, is that did any, and this is kind of a personal question too, everybody always jokes. I mean, did anybody hit on you? Did anybody, did it, you know, like, I mean, ECOs CEOs oh or God, the God. other women. Prison rule number one, don't turn gay for the stay or whatever the case may it's be. It's always but- been my motto. It has always been my motto, Andy. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was there for maybe three, four months. And so many girls actually, cause you're new. So they like the new girl. They like this, like that. And I was like, God, I think some of these girls might be cute. You know what I mean? So I actually had a girlfriend in there for a while. And then she got on my nerves and I was like, done with it. <laughs> but I mean, you're in there. For- just like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm so, you know what I mean? And yeah, 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 yeah. Way of life and you get used to it. And you get up in the morning and it just becomes your day. It's just because so, so it really is like you, it's your own universe in there. Like that, that you, you have your own life. Your life is not over. You're actually, an, uh, I mean, like, cause I like, you, you get, you, you can probably read books if you want to. You, you, that's probably on commissary as well. Guys, you can call your family, you know, if you don't use all your minutes too quickly. Um, there are things to do to keep you busy, but the food they give you, we used to call it sodium pie. I think they put fillers in it and you can't really go too many places. You can walk and do this and that, but you will gain weight. And it's like, because you're not really moving around like you would be in the real world. And I remember so many times going out in the yard and looking at the sky and you can't see any buildings. All you see is sky. And you're like, oh my God, where the frig am I? Like, you just feel like you're just in this, your own world. And there's a whole world out there that you just can't tangibly touch for a while. And it's just kind of crazy when you sink, sit there and think to yourself, all these different crazy things, but at the end of the day, it's okay. And I don't and you, would compart- you, you could compartmentalize things where you knew, and you knew this was only two years of your yeah. life. Um, yeah. the, the final two questions though, are what was your last day there like? And what was the first thing you did after you got out? And do you still keep in touch with any of your cellmates? Um, my last day there, everybody knows when you're getting ready to leave. They had a huge party for me. Um, I, I gave away all my stuff. I gave away all my altered clothes, all my tight, cute clothes, my half shirts that I had made. Gave them all- <laughs> Why are you? I don't, I thought you had to wear the one outfit. I didn't know you could have half shirts and all this stuff. You're not supposed to, but you alter everything and altered clothes are not allowed, but sometimes they allow it. Sometimes if they're having a moment, they take them off. They make it take them off. It all depends on, that's why I say you never get too close with the COs, but, um, I gave all my stuff away. I gave important things to me that were special to me. So like my good friends in there and, um, peace out girls. I'm out of here. I left out my friend. <laughs> email and a Facebook. So I gave all the girls my emails before I left and my mom picked me up. I wanted grape leaves and hummus. I ate grape leaves. I got grape leaves and hummus. That's what you wanted was grape leaves and hummus. I got out. I go, mom, grape juice. What do you want to eat? I'm like grape leaves and hummus. Got the grape. Your your mom is like, I'm leaving you back there. Like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, freaking cute. I just loved her. And then when she was coming to get me and she came in, some of the girls that I was friends with were getting out the same day as me. So I was like, mom, this is my friend. Uh, so this is my prison sister. Like, and I, I got out. I was great. I couldn't open the door. I couldn't, didn't remember how to open the door to the gas station. It was um, push button and everything just goes away for a minute. Didn't know how to work Facebook because Facebook came out when I was in there, but everything comes wow. back quick, 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 snap, snap, snap. And um, yes, I do still talk to a lot of the girls. 
next. The, the, the good ones, the trustworthy ones, the ones that were real. You know, there's a bunch of fake bitches. And, in there. and also, I mean, did did uh, the kids appreciate what you learned at mommy camp? Did they they? Well, they would come visit me and driving up the hill, they'd see a deer or a turkey. They're like, oh, mommy, we see how the animals. I'm like, yes, I take care of those animals. You <laughs> so know I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And I just like, I'm learning how to take care of the animals and be a better mom and I'll be home soon. And they came to visit me once a month. My mom brought them there faithfully. My girls came to visit me, my friends. my Those are my friends. Trish is my sister. I mean, best friends since third grade my lawyer, who whoever thinks they're going to get a Fed case. And what are the chances that my best fucking federal lawyer that can help Oh, I, listen, I'm hoping I get it? a Fed case because I know Trisha. I'm hoping one day that happens for me, that I get so lucky, you know? If you ever need one, God forbid, she will be there. But, um, um, I, I, I just really, I thank you so much because this is just really truly enlightening in so many ways. And you have such a good attitude about it. And I know we've had a really lighthearted conversation, but Trisha, I wanted to, to kind of end with you of what you expect uh, to wrap up with, like to bring it back to the Jen Shaw of it all. Yeah. Is that like, this sounds like, okay, cool. Like uh, Jen Shaw might have a really good time, but I have a feeling Jen, Jen Shaw is going to be in there a lot years. more than two years. Yeah. That's the thing. If Jen Shaw got two years, I think Jen Shaw could do two years, sit in a baby chair, face in the corner of the wall. No problem. Right. Uh, I think if Jen Shaw gets five or seven years. I honestly don't think she's going to get more than five, but maybe I'm just. You really that. don't think she, cause I was hearing like definitely 10, but you, you think that maybe she could get just five years. My instinct is that she's going to get around five years, you, uh, but maybe she won't, maybe she'll do, maybe she will get more. And if she gets more, that's going to suck. You know what I mean? Like it, two years, especially, uh, with Amory has always been the type of person who can handle pretty much everything. You you hit the nail on the head when you said compartmentalize, make the best out of things. You know, Jen will have to do that. And I think she is capable of it. The difference between and the longer, by the way, you were she was talking about long sentences and uh job assignments. When I the other night when I was watching the show and Jen had all those prescriptions out. She should definitely have her lawyers make an argument that she has a drug problem, whether it be prescription pills or not, because if you get to the RDAP program, the residential drug treatment, you can get a year knocked off your sentence. And the difference between <laughs> seven years and six years with 85% off is a big difference. Well, Trisha, um, Trisha, well, real quick, do you think that is part of, do you think she included those 1, scenes to get, to get? Oh, Absolutely. wow. That's fascinating. Well, that was the other thing too. Like what if my doctor prescribes me Xanax because I have anxiety? Are you allowed to take Xanax in prison? You're, 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 I don't know about Xanax because it's a narcotic, but the, you could probably take nar well, Butrin, which is an SSRI. They have pill line every morning that you go to pill line if you're on medicine and you yeah. get your, take it right in front of the doctor's. Yeah, so I'm sure if you need your Lexapro when you're and you need it, you know, it, I'm sure it's going to be less of a doctor feel good situation in prison than it is anywhere else. But if you need it, you have to have it because you can't act up. You know, I'm sure there's listen, we have such a mental health problem in this country. And a lot of times that does lead to crime. Right. So if you have bipolar disorders and you need your meds, I'm sure they want you on it rather than off it. Um, but the difference between Amory and, and Jen is vast in the sense that. Amory does not. Amory does not have narcissistic personality disorder. Amory does not have. Well, you can't. You can't tell her that right now. She's on the line no, with us. I know, you can tell but, us that afterwards. You know, I mean, I mean, 
she doesn't, no. she said, you know, she said, we all are in here because we did something stupid. You're not going to hear Jen say that because she's incapable no. of admitting her guilt. And, you know, there, you know, there are, Anne-Marie is also, you know, not a sociopath. So, so if, you know, the lack of empathy, I think Jen has a lot of empathy for, I think she, I don't know if Jen's a sociopath, but she does have narcissistic personality disorder, meaning that she believes that she, she, her level of entitlement is just at a different scale than the rest of ours. Uh, she does not think the rules apply to her. And like I said to you before, when you do something wrong, whether it be cheat on your spouse or I'm not, you, maybe people don't think that's wrong, but something that in society we define as wrong. It's all, it's always the most difficult the first time. Once you get away with it, it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier to a point where you believe your own bullshit. Yeah. It, it, believes that that's what I'm saying. Oh, she believes. And, and, and the other thing that I notice a pattern her is that if anybody questions her, even an iota, she will yeah. yell you down immediately yeah. and she will make you, she will make you so you will never do it again. So Listen, she'll yell you down. Makes me laugh. Like, I think no, Trisha, guys, listening, guys, Trisha texted me and goes, she's a great housewife. Da, da, da. And like, that is, that is true. But in the sense of like, you're going to prison and is that going to work there? Yes. Listen, I started watching any of the, I, I escaped watching the housewives franchises up until Jen Shaw's arrest because somebody else asked me to come on their show as illegal to talk about the show. So I started watching it. My husband, much to his chagrin, right? Because he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't engaged to somebody who was a housewife watcher. But now I watch at least four franchises. Oh, Thanks geez. a lot. So, okay. So <laughs> it became a running joke in our home that how the hell did they have a whole season long discussing a fight over whether Jen Shaw smells like hospital. And so my husband, Frank said to me yesterday about her going to prison. Well, now she'll actually smell like hospital. And I mean, oh, yes, yes, you did. Say and that. Amory goes, I would, if somebody told me I smelled like hot, but I would kill myself. Anyway, <laughs> circling back, Jen Shaw season one was a hot mess express. Jen Shaw season two, mild, milder, gentler, slightly humbled Jen Shaw. I found her funny and endearing. Jen Shaw season three last night, perfect example. She dumped that champagne on Angie, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, L, M, head. And then she went up to everybody else's and rationalized. Yeah. And said it was fun. No, was guys, you don't understand. That's that's what, that's how we have fun here. We're doing a fun, poor drink over. That's what I'm I, saying. Like, she's a lot. She, this is exactly why I do believe she's guilty as sin is that she is so used to convincing people. And she's like, good. At, she's good at it. She's like, no, that wasn't a mean pouring the drink over the head. That was a fun pouring the drink over the head. <laughs> Manipulation entitlement. Yes. I mean, that that's the stuff that I'm curious, you know, with that kind of ego that the housewives have, when you put that in prison, that kind of ego, it could go one of two ways. She could run that place or somebody could be like, I don't give a shit who you are. I it, hope you know? they get season two Jen Shaw because I think she'll be I. If she tries to be season one or season three, she's going to yeah. end up with Heather Gay's black eye. Hopefully experience for her a little bit. You know what I mean? If not, she's yeah. going to be quick either way. So. Well, 
ladies, this has been just, I mean, I, I truly, I'm already inviting you back in the middle, beginning of January once we get this sentence, because I need you guys to be a regular part of this show. This was just so, so I mean, Annie, thank you so much for like share being so open with us. Oh my- like. I so don't mind at all. Oh, this was just, I mean, I cannot, I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. I'm, I I really, 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 this has been one of my best hours that I've talked. I mean, I'm thank you guys. Um, So anything that you want to promote? Um, Is there, by the way, is there any pyramid schemes you want to promote any, any, uh, no, I actually, um, real quick, I know we're, we got to go, but, um, when we were in there, we didn't have the best of aesthetics. So we would have girls get whatever from the kitchen and I would wash my face with lemon, honey, olive oil, and sugar. I'd say, give me that from the kitchen. And when I came home, I continued to wash my face with it. And I decided why not make this something or okay. try something. And, um, I did, I, I developed a little sugar scrub. It's called fed face. Okay. It's actually, it's new. I just started it. And, um, just my little jar. Oh, and- okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about feds like the federal government? Are we talking fed, fed face? Because this is what I washed my face with when I was in federal oh, prison. I okay. Tell me you have a website for this. Tell me that I. How do I get people to order this? So I just started it. I've just been doing this for the last month. I just started. Oh it. my I- god, dude! This will be per. Do I can promote that because I I have a holiday gift guide coming out soon. This would be perfect on it. Oh my God, I got to do it. I got to do, I have to finish my, I was going to do Etsy, but I'm not sure what I want to do. I've been working on it for the last couple of days. Do you got to let me know? Is, well, okay, this, okay. Okay, let's let's say goodbye, and then I want to talk to you after this about that. Um, but uh, w- guys, I'm going to let you know about Fedface uh, on this episode and further episodes in the holiday season, because this seems like, I want I want a bottle of Fed Face. I no, need a bottle of Fed Face. Basically, it's all it's it's all natural, all organic ingredients that Amory put together based off of what was available in prison and realizing how much crap is in the stuff that is sold uh, at CBS online at you know the highest end to the lowest end, and how yep. if you simplify things, how you can be organic and still get a really good product. And when she says she's been working on it for the last few days, she means the marketing. No, 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 no. That's what I figured. No, that's what I, I didn't figure. She was just like, Hey, no, by the way, watch out Kim Kardashian. Somebody's coming for your skincare line. Um, And Trisha, how do we support you? Of course, we're going to put your Instagram and all of that stuff up. But by the way, Trisha is like, I, I, you guys, she's been on, she did a uh, podcast that I really loved called healed, uh, which was a couple of years ago. And her and her partner that did that together were on, but I also went to acting school with Trisha and she's just one of the most talented people out there. So I'm so excited to hear about her writing and all of that stuff. But uh, I'm serious, you guys, if you'll come back after sentencing, I would really love that. And Trisha, I didn't know you were watching all the housewives. Now we should do a whole recap series of one of your see of one, a season of a show or something. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't aware you were fully in it, but um, Annie and Trisha, uh, I just really appreciate your time today. And, uh, and, and thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Uh, we'll be back. So much. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm very humbled. I appreciate it. Right. Betches.